listener exclusive. Well, g'day, Lee Faulkner, and welcome to our podcast series here on the Listener app. And keep your eye out for some more of our local podcasts coming up, including the continuing story of the return to the Queensland Cup for the Western Clydesdales. We've got plenty more to tell you there. And we've also got more in our series looking at the stories behind the names of some of the great local businesses that you know and love. Recently, I got to catch up with a genuine Aussie sports superstar, a four-time Olympian who has an extraordinary story to tell that maybe you were unaware of. Liesl Jones coming to town to support Momentum Mental Health, our Embrace Partners, and also a part of the Triple M Network, and it was an absolute pleasure to uh, sit down and have a chat with Liesl Jones, uh, and this is the full version of that chat, exclusive to our listener podcast series. Thank you uh, for taking some time to have a chat with us, and and more importantly, for making yourself available for this luncheon. But I know it's something that is is very close to your heart. Of course, these days, people hear you on our network, on Triple M, with my good mate Dobbo, on the Rush Hour. But uh, your journey through your Olympic career and uh, on the way to where you are now has been one that I think a lot of people could probably relate to in many ways we probably just didn't have to go through it quite the way that you did in a living in like a fishbowl as it were through your teenage years yeah maybe didn't have to be so public not (laughs) not anywhere near it and I I just wonder about that because I've got a 13 year old and a 16 year old and it's not you know I don't feel it was that long ago that I was around that age too and uh, and you remember back and you think god I was so self-conscious about this that and the other and all the things they're now going through you had to live that out in the public I, that has to be difficult. Yeah, it was really challenging and there are elements of it that I look back now and I can't believe that I had to go through it so publicly. But unfortunately or fortunately for me, it was I was good enough to go to the Olympics at the age of 14. So um, I just really had to suck it up and, and just get through and, and figure it out and figure out life as much as anyone else did just through in the viewing public and it was on TV and it was being beamed around all Australia. So it's just, it's pretty crazy to think that, yeah, all the normal things that teenagers go through, I just had to do it very publicly. So um, With a level of expectation too, because once you get into the public eye, particularly in sport in Australia in particular, there's a level of expectation that comes from the public as well, not just the familiarity. Of course, yeah, and that is part of it. It does play into it, that expectations. Not only do you have expectations of yourself with yeah. how you want to go, but also other people have high expectations of you as well. If you're good enough to go to the Olympics, then you must have a fair bit of talent to be able to do and perform and to do well. So it's it's not easy. I think it's one in 600,000 people make get an Olympic gold medal. So wow. um, it's it's pretty crazy, but... It's just to think that it's even to perform at that level, we were just so lucky to be able to do that. But, uh, yeah, it, it's very small amount of people that get to that really high echelon of, of performance and get to be able to achieve an Olympic gold medal at all. Which is extraordinary. But having said that, and as I know that you have said yourself, it wasn't everything you were hoping it would be. It didn't take away all of those things that you were going through. Unfortunately, no. You sort of think that these performances and 
winning Olympic gold medals are going to solve the world's problems and it's going to solve your problems and going to make everything go away. But unfortunately, you're just the same person with with a gold medal. So I really like that saying from uh, Cool Runnings, if you're nothing without a gold medal, you're nothing with it. So, (laughs) yeah, and that rings true as well. And a lot of mental health issues from of mine stemmed from that. So it was a lot of work that I had to go through and just work on myself. But, yeah, it, it took a long time, but I'm certainly on the other side of it now. And you start to question yourself as to why you're doing it. I mean, you, you, you're putting yourself, your body through extraordinary things to be a champion and you're putting yourself out there like that all the time. And then I would imagine those questions start coming constantly. Well, I really loved the competition and I loved being fit and healthy and, and the training and Sometimes people look at the training and think, oh, how do you possibly do that? How do you get up at four o'clock every morning? But I really loved it. It was my job and I I really enjoyed what I was doing. I got to hang out with my best mates every single day and I saw the people at their best and their worst and and still loved them for it. So, yeah, it was. um, I really enjoyed it and and I loved training and I loved travel and I loved doing all of that. So in terms of hard work, yeah, it certainly was very hard, but... It was really fun at the same time as well. I guess the other side of that too is then you start to think, well, what am I without this? Uh, right. You know, as you're starting to question all of that is, uh, what am I without swimming? It, it's become sort of absolutely everything to you, I would imagine. It certainly was. And it was a, a, such a huge part of my life. And a lot of self-worth was wrapped up in that. And once you take it away, you sort of realize and you start questioning who you are as a person without all of that and all the fun and and all the achievements. So, yeah, it, it's, um, it was an interesting thing to go through and a lot of identity crisis. But that was certainly just, I guess, part of the journey. Like a lot of people who suffer a, uh, from, a, you know, mental health issue, I uh, you get to a rock bottom point, uh, and that you've publicised that in uh, in 2011, and there it must have seemed a very very long way from where you are now. Oh, it feels like a completely different person, yeah. and. I guess that's kind of the good thing. And when you work through mental health issues, you sort of feel like maybe you're never going to feel normal again. But the sun does shine eventually and the the sun comes out and and things start to look better and it did just take it day by day. But, yeah, you certainly hit that rock bottom and Mm. you think life is never going to be the same. But, yeah, eventually you just pull yourself out. It's a lot of work and you have to put the effort into working on yourself and your mental health. But... It, it certainly there is light at the end of the tunnel, even though it doesn't feel like it right at that point. Absolutely. And then, of course, that's when you start to, you know, talk with a, a sports psychologist and you start to unpick all of this. 2012 then, was that the most enjoyable for you for of the Olympic campaigns that you went on because you were starting to, you know, change the way you were thinking? Uh, not necessarily. I think probably 2012 was my most challenging and I yep. had a whole lot of other challenges outside. Probably 2008 was my best um, and that was probably where mentally I was in the best place that I could have been. I was really balanced. I was enjoying training. I was working hard. I was focused on my goals. But around 2012, I started to lose myself a bit. So, yeah, that, that was probably one of the most challenging, but I was working on it and I was starting to get better. So, 
it was, I was certainly on the improve in 2012, but I still had a long way to go. Yeah, and then from there, of course, uh, I mean, the book is is magnificent, body length, so well worth a, a read. I'd recommend it uh, to anybody to grab the book and have a look at this one. And, uh, and of course, to see you uh, public speaking. And, uh, of course, you address all of these things that so many people are able just to keep you know private was it cathartic for you to do that or was it was that difficult as well like sort of taking off the uh, the band-aid well writing a book was very cathartic and the ghostwriter that I worked with Felicity McLean she was just wonderful and we had a great experience working with it and and producing the book and it was just great to have all those stories put down on paper and and for other people to enjoy them and a lot of people were quite surprised with um, some of the stories that I share in there and yeah. just how uh, confronting they were and had no idea that those things were happening, even some of the closest people to me. So, yeah, it was very cathartic and I, and I really enjoyed the process and I recommend to anyone if they want to write a book, um, certainly get a ghostwriter. That was very helpful. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, we just really enjoyed the process and I think that came across well in the book as, as well. I was very lucky with Felicity because she captured my voice so perfectly. Well, uh, Liesl Jones, I can't wait to see uh, you there on the day. Thank you again for your time and thanks for coming and sharing your story here in the Garden City. My absolute pleasure. Thank you so much.